sure, my organization can provide all sorts of flexibility, but maybe I'm still not getting my needs met somehow by, by the organization. Maybe I'm not feeling like, you know, they're seeing my uniqueness, but on the other hand, do, do I know what it is that I'm bringing to the table? Is it clear to me? My name is Charlotte and I'm the CEO of Equalture, a company that is on a mission to shape the world of unbiased hiring. Welcome to the Oops, I'm Biased podcast. So my guest for today's episode is uh, Brooke. Brooke is a professor at the University of Amsterdam. She's actually been one of my previous guests. Uh, We recorded an episode about inclusion not too long ago. And this one was such an interesting one to record uh, because in this episode we are going to talk about the paradoxes within inclusion. Brooke is doing lots of research into how to change inclusion more from some sort of an end goal into an ongoing process in companies. And one of the major topics involved there is how to tackle the paradoxes that you will face when you are dealing with inclusion. A paradox is a contradiction. So for example, should inclusion be a responsibility of the organization? Or should the individual be responsible for inclusion? Well, these, this is just one of the many paradoxes that we are going to discuss. It was definitely um, challenging for my mind, so I hope it will be for you too. So I hope you will enjoy this episode today. All right. Welcome back, Brooke. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again. You are, I think, in the third or fourth episode of this podcast. So it's great to, uh, we have a lot of returning guests, but I was really looking forward to our conversation today. So thanks so much for being here again. Yeah, very, my pleasure. (laughs) Hey, for the people um, who haven't listened to the first episode that we uh, recorded together, could you briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, certainly. So my name is Brooke Gosdog. I'm an assistant professor at the University of Amsterdam, and I study, do research and trainings on leadership, negotiation, diversity and inclusion. And so one of the projects that we talked about last time is also something that I'm very involved in. So Yeah, I'm really excited to be back here and and talking about it again today. Cool. Yeah, and last time we, of course, uh, uh, dove into inclusion. Uh, I think also more the general concept around inclusion. I think the the interesting part about inclusion is that with diversity is a tangible topic, but when it comes to inclusion, Mm. people always, I think, find it much more difficult because it's also a bit of an abstract topic. I think we are going to make it even more abstract with our episode today. (laughs) That's Um, a fair warning to the (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Uh, But I find it a very, very interesting episode that we are going to record today because we are going to speak about the paradoxes in inclusion. Now, before we dive into the topic itself, could you briefly explain for people who don't know what a paradox is. Yeah, absolutely. So a paradox generally has, it's a contradiction. So it has usually two pieces and they seemingly go against each other. And so another way you can think of it is it's, it's both and so both a and B. Nice. Hey, and, and uh, a a disclaimer that you wanted to make, uh, well, I'm going to let you make it by the way. Yes, it's, it's you know there I and that's the nice thing about talking about paradoxes is that there's no promises of solutions. So that's inherent in a paradox is that it's actually something generally we can't solve, which is different than a dilemma, which you know you, you're trying to decide between two things. But a paradox is something you have to sort of cope with, deal with. So would you say because the the, the reason why we are why we are speaking about this topic today is because of course you're researching this specific topic at the moment. When would you be happy about the outcomes of the research? What what is your definition of uh, success if you're researching a topic that has no concluding answer? (laughs) 
uh, I guess I mean it means I'll, I'll have a job for a while. But uh, <laughs> but I, I I like that idea because it also challenges what we're what we're challenging here is it's so this is it's a it's a actually a departure from this idea of of an achievement of a concrete kind. You know, there's not a complete you know an outcome and a destination that we're hoping to arrive at. Rather, it's a shift in thinking about thinking about and how we sort of emotionally and cognitively process this idea of inclusion. So. You know, a lot of times we talk about things from the individual's perspective or we talk about practices. But I guess my my definition of success is when we can put, a, I guess, a third definition or maybe an overarching definition of inclusion, which is inclusion is a process. It's something that's ongoing and, and continuous and evolving and dynamic. And I would assume that um, while we spoke about the, the different paradox, of course, before uh, we hit the start button for this episode today, mm-hmm. uh, but I can imagine that perspective taking is a very tangible out. Yeah, sorry, I'm very practical and tangible. So for some reason, I do have to. <laughs> this uh, is going to be a stretch. Yes. Yeah, but I think for, for uh, from the perspective of perspective taking, yeah. it is super relevant if you if you unpack mm. those different paradoxes and you can also understand the different views of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it is, is is also it's about holding multiple perspectives in your head sort of at the same time. So we might be needing completely different things, but if I can both say what you need is true and what I need is true, and I can hold both of those truths in my mind <laughs> at the same time and not try to pick a side, then in, I'm, I'm holding space for that paradox. It's interesting. So in your research, you just mentioned like we 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 touch upon two existing paradoxes, but we actually also found three new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if we will be able to tackle all five of them uh, within the 30 minutes that I need to stay in order to get this episode live. Um, so yeah. let's maybe start with your top three paradoxes that you found most interesting to research and maybe then start with three. What would be your number three? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the three would be, uh, so the first one is inclusion is the responsibility of organizations, teams, and leaders, and the individuals that we're trying to include. So responsibility goes on both sides. The second one would be that, you know, when we're trying to include people, a lot of times that means that we're, we're bringing under members of underrepresented groups into boards, into, you know, prominent positions, but, you know, we also have to protect their resources because they have other things to do. So we might end up, you know, we want to have women on boards, but maybe we have the same woman on 15 boards. And so therefore you're, we're stretching our resources very thin and, and sort of losing the meaning of what it meant, what we, what we were really trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then the fine, final one would be that everyone needs inclusion, but everyone has different needs. So it means something different to everyone. And so and, you know, it's, it's, these are all, I'm smiling because I'm just thinking like, yeah, I, I also don't, I don't have the solution, but I, at least I'm trying to put into words, these tensions and these paradoxes that we face so that we, we have this vocabulary to, to discuss it further. Okay. And let's start with the first one, because you just said to me, like I, I pitched that one internally, pitch is probably not the right word. I brought it up internally and it already caused a lot of discussions. Yes. <laughs> Could you explain the two contradicting views on this paradox? So I think especially this one is 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 probably the most heated one. Um, the idea is that a lot of the discussions around inclusion, we we look at what organizations can do, what practices they can have, the the teams and the leaders, you know, what what they can do, what behaviors they can enact, um, how they can be allies. And so a lot of that is focusing and it's very helpful and it's it's a really important part of this discussion around inclusion. 
But then the other side of that is like, okay, the people who want, we want to include, what is their responsibility? And it was that piece of it that got my, my very lovely colleagues who want nothing but, you know, the best for our project and our team up in arms. And so it was a really great heated discussion, but we saw, okay, wow, like we're, we've touched on something here. And I take that as, as positive uh, feedback because that really shows that people are passionate. It's important. It's probably also something that needs, you know, as I talked about at the beginning, this sort of cognitive and emotional sort of coping ability because it is difficult. And it also requires us to be very precise in what we mean. And so I think I would, I would say it's fairly well known, especially if you're in the realm of inclusion, what we mean by organizational inclusion means having these you know, flexible policies and uh, teams and leaders, you know, it's the being the ally, the having that, uh, fostering that openness and, and all of that on the, on the one side. So that's relatively something that we're familiar with. But on the other side, you know, for example, taking myself, as either a woman or somebody who's international, what is my responsibility to make sure that I'm included? And, and this is where it can get a bit tricky because then, you know, I have to probably examine myself. I need to understand exactly what it is that I need, which is something that's challenging for any individual because sure, my organization can provide all sorts of flexibility, but maybe I'm still not getting my needs met somehow. By, by the organization. Maybe I'm not feeling like, you know, they're seeing my uniqueness. But on the other hand, do, do I know what it is that I'm bringing to the table? Is it clear to me? And so again, this is, it feels, even as we're talking about it right here in this podcast, I can already feel sort of the, the tension <laughs> rising in, in the, the listening community. And, and I, I talk openly about this, not because I, I'm picking a side, that's exactly the opposite. I'm saying, okay, let, let's look at this side as well and see what we can learn from it and see how we can hold both of these truths. And so I think this is, this is a, a journey also for the people who want to be included is, you know, we need to know ourselves. What is it that we need? What is the support that we need? Because only then if the organization is fostering this open communicative, you know, culture, I need to be able to communicate clearly what my needs are so that they can they can make space for that and they can adapt. And so that's, that's the nature of that first one. Yeah. yeah I find it also an interesting one. You did mention, uh, just before we started the recording, like this is probably the most tricky one or the, the, the one that people, the, the, yeah, I think pe everyone will have an opinion about this one. Maybe not for yeah. all of them, but for this one, people will definitely have an opinion. Why do you think that there's so much tension then around this specific one is that then because you're so i would have two up two sort of possibilities in my head now is it triggering people because maybe i'm creating my own sub paradox now within your paradox <laughs> um, is it triggering because people don't want to be held accountable to participate into this themselves. Now I can also feel the tension going up in the right, listener right? You feel it, yeah. Uh, or <laughs> is it because we don't want to put even more pressure on a group of uh, people, for example, in a team that we would already consider to be a minority or whatever, a disadvantage mm -hmm. because, as a result of being not inclusive? So is it about feeling bad for the ones that we are holding accountable or is it because we don't want to hold ourselves accountable? I think, I think it, so my, my hunch is it's a little bit on 
Yeah. This idea that we're, we're asking so much already from like you were, you're talking about from a group that's already dealing with a lot. Um, but it's interesting too, because then if you, if we, we flip back, so it's, it's all really about flipping these perspectives. So if we flip back to the organization, we say, oh, organizations should be open. They should, they should be ready and flexible to a- accommodate whatever the needs are of the, of the, you know, the group that were the includees, as we call them, then the includees need to be able to say <laughs> what it is exactly that they want. Um, and, and if, if in this paradox, we're saying that, ah, well, then that's expecting too much of the includees, then, then again, we get stuck sort of on one side, which is saying that, okay, inclusion is the responsibility of organizations, sort of the bigger, the bigger, more dominant, more, the group with more resources. But I think the most effective inclusion would be when both parties are, are involved. I think that makes intuitive sense when we when you think of it that way. Yeah, definitely. Because I think that if you want to become more inclusive as an organization, but you do that with the people that already feel included, so then it's not equal anymore because then you're only some sort of taking it from one perspective and not from the other. Yeah, okay. I get the concept of paradox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're feeling it I'm now. Also, yeah, but I'm also like, I, I feel that I'm, uh, I am a bit black and white, I think, with those kinds of things. I also don't score high, by the way, on cognitive flexibility, so maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm debating, like, okay, I, I want to pick a side, which one should I pick? But yeah. I agree on this one. I think it's 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 a combination of both. Uh, it, there has yeah. to be a shared responsibility and effort, I think. But I get that this one uh, is tricky. Hey, yeah. um, <laughs> it brings us to the next one. Uh, I don't know how the, the exact words you used, uh, but the one about we want representation. So we want, mm-hmm. we want, uh, everyone represented in a group, but then for example, if we do that with female leaders, then if we want to, if we let them participate in a lot of groups, then we don't divide our resources in a smart way. Could you explain that one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this, this also came out of our internal discussions in our, in our research group, because we have some, you know, very well, well-known, well-established scholars, female scholars, and then they find themselves on, on every committee. And of course they want to be there. You know, they've worked hard to be there. You know, this is, this is the time to, to show representation. However, they're on all part, all sorts of committees. So that, so their time is really dominated by being, by representing women on these different committees. And this could go for it for any group, you know, we're using gender a lot as a, as a example, but it's also one of the, the easier social categories uh, to some degree. So then, you know, that's the paradox too. So of course, you know, you might have, especially we have a bit of a pipeline issue the higher up we go, whether it's in a university or in an organization that we don't have as many women at these top levels yet. Um, and so then the ones that are there are, kind of doing a lot of work then for, for trying to be represented everywhere. So being sort of the, yeah, the mascot almost for the rest of the rest of the the social group, but also being their resources being stretched then. And so is that really capturing then what we, what we intend to do with representation or are we just burning out the women that are, that have made it so far? Yeah. Because do you think that that could eventually even happen? That it that it goes so far that that happens to people. 
Yeah, there, there's even some preliminary research that I that I saw recently with the, you know, one of the things that we say is best practices for inclusion is saying, oh, let's let's highlight the women who are in these these leadership roles or in these higher levels of the organization. And what they're finding is that the more you do that, the more it tends to lead to burnout. So therefore, it's sort of making the case for for the idea that, okay, yes, we want representation, but also not at the expense of these individuals that are sort of tasked with this responsibility for representing this group. Yeah, it's an interesting one. A bit of a sidestep. Um, but the, 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 so the example that you mentioned, like, for example, we don't have a lot of female leaders, so we want to have them uh, representing, uh, being represented at a lot of different uh, groups, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a female leader myself. I'm quite, mm-hmm. well, I, on a regular basis, let's, let's put it like that. I do get those kinds of requests. I do care a lot about inclusion. I mean, yeah, I have a company, uh, fighting for equal rights in the labor market. But I don't necessarily participate a lot in those kinds of projects be, simply for the reason that you mentioned. Like if I'm if I say yes to one of these kinds of things, then this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's there's only 24 hours in a day. Why do you think that some people? I'm wondering if that's purely your personality. If you if you decide to maybe not take place in a a representation of a group or whatever, or if you completely go for it and then might lose yourself in it. Well, I would ask you, I would actually turn the question back to you. Do you feel like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. This is my chance. This is my one chance. But because, because when, when you, you know, is, is there like a calculus that you do in your head when you decide whether or not to do it, or is it, because clearly you said it's not an interest thing. So I wouldn't go necessarily with the personality explanation saying, oh, you know, like, because your interest is there. But do you feel yourself doing more of a calculus or do you already feel spread thin? So you, you know, you have to practice almost saying, saying no in order to conserve resources for, for your company. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of two things. So, uh, because yes, I mean, the topic hits close to home, uh, but I did learn when to say yes and no indeed yeah because there's only 24 hours in a day and the other reason by the way which touches a little bit on the we were talking about quota based hiring just before we hit Mm. the record button we will save that for another episode or yeah (laughs) um, but also maybe because i but this is a very personal point of view uh, because i don't want to emphasize that much that I'm so because I'm a female leader I mm-hmm. need to be honest and I know that that this is a weird paradox so I know that we need it in order to <laughs> make sure that people have role models and that that uh, kids can also see hey I can I can become an astronaut because they're female astronauts I can become a CEO because they're female CEOs mm-hmm. but I also don't want to give myself that label to make it even more explicit like there are these differences so i think it's also like a very big internal conflict like am i going to support Mm -hmm. the fact that there are differences so that eventually there are different role models or am i going to just try to be me without all those labels and to just show people that you that that doesn't matter 
Maybe I gave you a six yeah. paradox now for your research. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was thinking because it is, it is. You know, there there is some research that suggests that you know when you tell people that they've been selected because of some some identity that they have or some social group they belong to, there is this. There's either sort of this. Uh, almost like an imposterism feeling like, ah, oh, well, I'm not here because of me, because of my merits, because of the things I can do. I'm just here because of my social group. So it's a little bit this tokenism. And then the other side is, is yeah, almost a reactance then as well saying, ah, well, you know, it's not, that's, I don't want to be there because, because I don't want to, you know, have that be the most salient part of my, my identity or the most, you know, the most salient part of, of the discussion is, is my gender or my race or, or my nationality. And so, yeah, that, and that's a, that's a very internal paradox. And so it's, it's, yeah. And I, and there isn't, I think it is a personal choice and that's why I think it's great that we, we use you as an example here, because I think <laughs> this is, there, there is a personal choice element to it. But then on the other side, what we're highlighting with our paradox is this idea that, okay, well, you know, the organizations, for example, that are trying to say, oh, well, you know, they're being held accountable based on their representation of women in certain areas. But <laughs> what about the women that we're trying to put there? You know, if they're already spread thin, but we're still trying to put them there so that they have the diversity numbers that they need. You know, it's it's this reinforcing cycle that no. it's saying, okay, well, we're, you know, we want to fulfill these these representation needs, but we also don't want to burn out the the talented women that we do have, or the talented, you know, whatever social group we're looking at. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a super interesting one. Again, yeah, you do want to spend your resources, human beings. Uh, well, you know what I mean, yeah. but you want to spend it wisely. I, I, yeah. I get yeah. it. Okay. Uh, and we need to continue to the last <laughs> one because this, this is the tricky part with paradox. You can just keep on talking about those. Exactly. Yeah. I'm very, I'm, 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 when we are talking about this, the only thing I'm wondering is how are you ever going to finalize this research? You can just, you can yeah. keep, you, <laughs> just going to end it with to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The last one. I, I'm probably saying it wrong, but then please correct me. Uh, like we all, inclusion should be there for everyone, but everyone has different needs. You exactly. gave a better, uh, yeah. you gave a better introduction than I just did though. Yeah. Yeah. More, that was more or less the, everyone needs inclusion. Yeah. Everyone has different needs. And so this kind of ties together a lot of what we've just been talking about because everyone needs inclusion, meaning, you know, we want to have something that's, you know, sort of a blanket policy or a blanket understanding of what inclusion is. And yet everyone has different needs within, within that. You know, what I think one of the a nice analogy is the debates going on with the remote work uh, nowadays. And so we say, you know, we see, you know, there's on, on the one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, remote work, that's, you know, if you don't have remote work, you're going to lose the top talent. But on the other hand, there's a, there's a, you know, a solid group of people that are saying, yes, of course, great. Everyone do what they want, but I miss going into the office. I need to go to the office. And so then, you know, it's a very different need, whereas everyone needs inclusion means that we're trying to have open flexibility, all of these things, but then there's these very different needs that are going to be, some are going to be missed by these, these overarching policies. So we're not going to be able to catch everyone in one single policy. Yeah, and maybe that's why inclusion shouldn't be just about policies. You're 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 <laughs> catching, you're, you're drinking the Kool Aid now. 
<laughs> it's I'm, a process. Okay, I'm slowly. I, I yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's funny though because I know that the 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 goal is that we don't. I know that I should not come to a conclusion whether I'm left or right or in the middle. But if you think about this topic just in a very simple way, then my answer to all of your paradox would just be: if we meet in the middle, then we're there, right? Well, so this is interesting, um, and this comes from another perspective, uh, namely negotiations, where you know we talk about five different sort of bargaining styles, and you have you know you're sort of more competing, you're more avoiding, you're more accommodating, but then there's these other two, and it's basically compromising, which everyone thinks, ah, yes, let's meet in the middle, let's let's split it in half, but then there's this this fifth one, which is about collaborating. And that's really where, because with compromising, you might say, I give up a little bit of what I want. You give a little bit of uh, up of what you want. And then we have the best deal. But with collaborating, that's where it comes back to, you know, sort of this first one, especially too, is that, ah, okay, we have both sides of the table communicating clearly about what they want, why they want it. And then we come up with something that's more nuanced. And therefore, we don't miss sort of a false compromise. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's why I, <laughs> I just gave the wrong answer to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the th- so the thing is, I'm, I maybe I'm super practical, but I always think that yeah, there's always something you win and always something you lose. You just have to make sure that people feel like you took both perspectives into consideration, and then you start doing it, but that's the wrong way of thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, you know, I, I would even depart from saying wrong, wrong, right. <laughs> so that's, like, I would, but I, I, I really love that, that we're, that then the two of us are talking about this because I think the fact that you, you can, you can probably feel almost like your brain stretching as we're talking about this, these yeah. topics. And you're like, wait, I'm not supposed to pick a side. I need to stay with this tension. <laughs> I need to. And that's what, that's really what this, this, the whole idea is about is about how do we rather how do we manage this feeling of tension in our in our minds either cognitively and emotionally because that's you know we can yes we can we can take action we can take one one course of action and and see how it goes but then you know we also have to say okay well we're going to do that now but it's it's like a temporary a temporary certainty you yeah. know for a moment so it's not we're not working towards permanent solutions we're working towards temporary kind of yeah, temporary solutions, I suppose, in this, in this regard, if we regard them as temporary solutions, then that also puts our mindset in a different perspective. Yeah, it's funny because I, um, uh, I have been reading a lot lately about, uh, our brains, how, how we form biases, but also how we are basically wired to, our, our brains are basically wired to just recognize patterns, draw conclusions from it yep. and use that to observe our environment. Uh, so I think because of that, we our brain is just used to, we need to make pros, cons, decisions, move forward onto the next challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for my brain, this is just a very uncomfortable exercise. Maybe that's the conclusion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, that's that's that I take that as good feedback. That is that you know it's about being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and that's that is actually a theme you hear quite often in inclusion is yeah. is the idea of okay, we have to be uncomfortable sometimes, and 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 if we can take it in stride and and learn from it and and stay stay open, then that's really 
that's that's this inclusion as a process. Yeah. Because then it's it's yeah. But it, I, I I really appreciate then that we're having this conversation. And you know what is really funny? I was uh, um, so I've been googling a little bit on this topic before we had this podcast, and there's one other research out there uh, describing mm-hmm. the different a couple of different paradoxes about inclusion, and one of them is actually on one hand. Um, should you make sure that everyone is comfortable and stays in their comfort zone? And the other one is you need to get uncomfortable in order to work on yeah. inclusion. <laughs> so we just touched upon mm. a Dex paradox with regard to this discussion. Yeah. Um, hey, my last question to you, I think it is, um, well, maybe that's for you to answer uh, more than for me, uh, but I would assume that it's helpful to openly discuss these different paradoxes within your organization. However, well, uh, we have a very, uh, I think we have a relatively comfortable conversation about it today, but that's maybe also because we are not in the same organization. But I can imagine that discussing these kinds of paradoxes out in the open in a team setting can also be a little bit tricky. So how would you advise organizations to go about that? Yeah, and and that is... That is the, the difficulty because we, as, as we talked about already, I mean, even in the in the idea stages of uh, this research, we find ourselves in in, in heated debates uh, with colleagues, you know, and we're we're just talking about the ideas. And I think here it's really, the, and that's why I, I've a couple times I've mentioned this sort of cognitive emotional coping, and it's about having this this open communication, this chance to be to be humble and vulnerable with each other. And this is a this is a big ask uh, in organizations, especially when such you know the topics of diversity and inclusion. I mean, they, these are becoming more and more prominent. I, mm-hmm. I see it everywhere. You know, more open reporting on diversity statistics, more you know grander statements about inclusion. It's really becoming a, a very big topic. I think there are, it, it's becoming more of an much more of a topic. But if you look at it from, I think both an organizational perspective, but also from society. It's also a topic that people, maybe this is your seventh paradox. Uh, we <laughs> we need to talk about it, I think, in order to um, stimulate a change. But in today's society, exactly. people are also very afraid to express an opinion that might um, unconsciously hurt someone or whatever. So that also makes it very dif- difficult, I think, for people to, I, I, I mean, I have the same, when we are discussing these kinds of topics internally, I do want to discuss them because you have to, or because I know it's helpful, but I also don't want to step on people's toe. So it's always some sort of a, yeah, a conversation where you, can't in my opinion if in my head at least where you can't just say whatever you want to say at, in that mm-hmm. moment well and i think that there there's there needs to be almost some some rules of engagement when it comes to how we communicate and the assumptions we make about the communicators so you know it could be if we if we say okay this is an ongoing conversation and, and exactly for for what you just said is that people some people are afraid of this topic we need to somehow make it Okay. Yes, we understand why it's it's uh, uh, you know scary or or it feels you know it's like we were talking about the first paradox. It's like you can almost feel you can feel the emotional reaction in yourself. It's like everyone's watching you. It's like can I say these things? I don't know. <laughs> and it's about how how do you create an environment where you can say things that you're not a hundred percent sure about, and 
and you can have the people around you make a, a benevolent assumption or a benevolent a- attribution that, you know, you are trying to understand. Like the reason you're saying this is not to be ignorant and not to, 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 to say the wrong thing or to take a, even a strong stance. Rather, you're trying to further understanding in the group. And, you know, if we say that that's the, that's the rule, it's kind of, you can almost take like, uh, I, I, this analogy just comes to mind about improv, improv groups. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always yes and. And so if we can take that sort of stance, we can say, okay, maybe that wasn't the best formulation. I maybe, maybe, maybe it even ruffled a few feathers and people are uncomfortable now. But if we say, okay, yes. And that means that we can refine what was said there make sure that there's a, a common understanding that actually advances the conversation. And again, the conversation then becomes the goal. If we can actually have this open conversation with each other, that means that there's, there's not an end to it. And, and kind of circling back uh, to, to one of the first things you said was like, oh, okay. Or, or one of the first things we talked about today was, you know, how do you know when you've achieved inclusion or, or you know, what is, what, what is sort of the, the, you know, how does this end? <laughs> and, and we, we joked about this also in the, in the research team that it's like, okay, well, we don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to call it inclusion because that's just the way things are. It's, we are just inclusive of others. We are just humble and open and vulnerable when we need to be. And then we don't call it inclusion because that's just the way we are with each other. And that's why it's a process because processes are there to stay. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like now I've sold you. I feel like my job <laughs> is done now. <laughs> well, I do have the feeling that, um, yes, you did help me because we, well, of course we also, we had a previous chat about inclusion, which really helped because yeah, to be fair, I mean, it's, Okay, yeah, diver- inclusion is maybe also not the main field of expertise of my company because that's more mm-hmm. equality, I'd say. But then also before mm-hmm. you, um, before you're being hired and inclusion, yeah, okay, it, no, that's not true. But it, the most part of inclusion gets is there after you're being hired, but there's also a part mm-hmm. before you're hired. Um, yeah. But yeah. I do have the feeling that I... Um, do get it a little bit more now or maybe just no let's rephrase maybe the most important thing with inclusion is that you have to be okay with the fact that it's that there is not an end conclusion that's it's the same Mm -hmm. with if you look at it from a process perspective processes need to be constantly refined and revised and optimized based on feedback experiences whatever and and i think that inclusion is oftentimes being compared with diversity and i think diversity does feel mm. like something that you can achieve within an organization because yeah you can whether we, whether i agree on it or not but you can have quota in an organization and just say okay if we achieve this then we have a check mark and we did it um, yeah. so yeah you did help me today <laughs> <laughs> i also yeah, feel a the little tension sports. between my ears a little bit <laughs> exactly exactly it's really like i've put you through boot camp <laughs> But it's the same. It's not that I don't feel it too. I, 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 yeah, but it's, it's holding space for that tension. And yeah, so, so well done. We are going to continue our conversation at a later point, because now I do want to touch upon the other ones. Um, yes. Uh, but we cannot do it today because I always promise my team to stick within the roughly 30 minutes. Um, Certainly. Yeah. But thanks so much for giving me a crash course inclusion, perspective taking and accepting the fact that there's no conclusion. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Charlotte, for being open and, and willing. <laughs> no worries at all. Hey, and for everyone um, who's listening to the, to this podcast today, if you have any questions for Brooke, then, um, uh, or for me, but probably it's for Brooke, then uh, we are both on LinkedIn. So feel free to send a connection request and ask any questions that you might have. Also, if you would like to see Brooke back or hear Brooke back actually for the other paradoxes, because I'm also... Uh, um, you left me with some thrill now that I, <laughs> that I haven't <laughs> unpacked all of them. Um, but thanks so much for being here today. And um, I hope you enjoyed it, Brooke. And for everyone who listened, I hope to um, see you back in our next episode. Great. Thanks so much, Charlotte.